0: This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 1115 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Good morning. The first lesson today is from the book of Isaiah, the 55th chapter. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you, because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Holy wisdom, holy word. Holy Gospel according to Matthew,
1: the sixth chapter, glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consume, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light, but if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. A slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, about your body, what you wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow stone thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all of these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But strive first for the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace and peace be yours through Jesus the Christ, the bread of life. Amen. Let's start by going right at it today. Um, Do you really think there's enough for everyone? Do you think that there is enough to go around for everyone? It's a fifth of a five-week series based on this one reading from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We've heard it five times now. You have read it at home yourself and in small groups. The series is called More Than Enough. We kept the first two readings each week from the lectionary. We paired them with uh, this teaching of Jesus, and there's been some kind of Holy Spirit serendipitousness going on, Uh, and I think there is again today. First week, we heard from Paul where he said, the things that I want to do, I don't do. and The things that I don't want to do, I do. And we kind of all owned that we struggle like that. We struggle particularly when it comes to things, when it comes to money. We know what we're called to do. We're called to share, and we're called to save, and we're called to spend. We have a little formula for that, 10, 10, 80. Share the first 10% with God, the giver. Save the next 10% so you don't have to worry about Tomorrow. And then spin, but spin wisely and graciously with gratitude to rest. And you know, it's not really particularly complicated share, save, spend, three words, and 10, 10, You don't have to be a math whiz to understand that. So it's not complicated up here, but here and in our day to day life, uh, it ain't so simple. Second week, our one-body group got back from Jamaica on a grow trip where they were serving the poor. They were, they were building concrete block walls in a very small open-air school. And they just kind of laid it out for us, a bunch of high school kids, so what they had experienced there. Uh, not having things does not mean that you will be unhappy, they said. Hmm. They'd met a lot of really, really happy and joyous people who had very, very, very little And they also share with us, conversely, um, having a lot of things sometimes robs you of happiness. And they had discovered that life without mirrors and life without cell phones and life without decisions about what to wear today and do today with nothing on your mind but how can we care and how can we share was surprisingly freeing and joyful to them. Two weeks ago, I shot a hole in the series by announcing that I was retiring on October 5th. I'd written a letter to the whole congregation. It didn't seem wise to just act like that didn't happen. And so, what I tried to do was offer personal testimony of how we, Ann and I, uh, share and save and spend in our life and how 101080 worked for us to the point that we could step down from this role without any of you having to worry about us. If you heard nothing else that day, I hope you remember that Jim and Ann Wilson said that God has been true to God's promise and how freeing it has been to us all along in life and in love and in ministry to know that we have more than enough. Um, and then last week we lifted up Solomon, who in the first reading was asked point blank by God, what do you want? And because he didn't say money, because he didn't say gold, because he didn't say just more of what I already have, because he didn't say, I want the head of my enemy on a platter, but because he asked for wisdom, because he asked for wisdom for the sake of leading others, uh, God granted Solomon his prayer. And Solomon had done, in essence, what Jesus goes on to talk about in the Sermon on the Mount, that he had sought first God's kingdom first and God's righteousness and all of the other things were given unto Solomon. We also noted last week that we're not talking about some spiritual scratch God's back, so God will scratch your back some prosperity gospel. This is how you get more by doing more spiritual things. Because as Jesus notes uh, in this text, even one lily that does nothing is better arrayed than Solomon. And God showers the rain and the sun on the just and the unjust alike. Uh, and then today, and then today, almost in reverse order of how I might have gone about it, Isaiah says something so radical, so counterintuitive, so countercultural that I am pretty sure that we are going to struggle to get it. Um, and frankly, it's every bit as challenging as Jesus saying, don't worry about your life. Don't worry. This is what Isaiah says. Ho! I love that, by the way, Felicia. I love it. ho! Um, everyone, everyone who thirst, who doesn't thirst, everybody thirst, come to the water. You who have no money, nothing, nada, come buy wine and milk without price. Ho! everyone every one do you think there will be enough for everyone or is there just going to be enough for some like for instance just the smart people or the strong people or the white people or the american people or the christian people is there enough for everyone in God's vision of the world. Now, it's all all connected. I, I, I know when I start to slip off to what some are going to perceive to be a political moment, that's all connected. The core of this congregation's identity are six words of our experience of God, extravagant grace, radical inclusion, relentless compassion. What we're saying is that we think that there is enough of God's unconditional love and care, that God's love and grace is not just for those who believe like us and not just for those who look like us and not just for those who worship like us and pray like us and that everybody else would be condemned to be without God's love and grace. We believe that there is more than enough extravagant, radical, relentless grace. It's all connected. And it sounds... I don't know, so easy and so agreeable in the theoretical. Uh, Grace, love, inclusion, spiritual, good feelings. But then when it comes to things and money, or so we have been taught, there's not enough. Remember the story of the Israelites uh, crossing the Red Sea? We're going to recall it in our baptismal liturgies, not once, but twice today. Uh, When we pray, uh, you led Israel. through the sea from slavery into promised land. And they don't go to the promised land instantly. You remember that part, right? They they spend 40 years wandering out in the wilderness. Uh, Walter Brueggemann suggests that it took them that long, 40 years, because they had been slaves to the Pharaoh, who in Brueggemann's words, they had been cogs in a system that had convinced them that the goal was to have more to work more, more production, more accumulation, because there would never be enough. Brueggemann suggests it took them 40 years to learn to trust God again. What they discover out there in the wilderness with God providing their daily bread, you remember that story, the manna and the quail, we sang about in our opening song, what they discover is that freedom from slavery does not mean having more does not mean that I get to be the Pharaoh and they get to be the slaves. It means God will provide whether we are worthy or not. It means that we will always have enough. Freedom like that, that God offers to the Israelites on the other side of the Red Sea, and frankly the same sort of freedom that God offers to us on the other side of an empty tomb, the other side of death, is not, a zero-sum proposition. More of God's love for me does not mean there's less of God's love for you. And more for you does not mean that there is less for me. It's not a competition. We are not competing for God's love and God's grace or for our daily bread. It's normal, we tell ourselves. It's normal. It's just normal. And frankly... Unfortunately, it probably is. It's normal to want the best for ourselves, for our families, for our friends, for our children. It's normal to want the best for those we love. But that's kind of an insidious game at some point. Even if we're able to get past our desire for the material best, you know, okay, my child does not need to have the very best bicycle, I still want the best schools. I want the best opportunities. I want the best whatever, you name it. And here's the thing with superlatives like the best or the most or any of those other words with EST on the end of it, fastest swimmer, smartest student. We start comparing, we start competing. We start talking about who's at the top, who's at the bottom, who's worthy, who's not. I wanna stop there for just a moment for a little commercial for Aristotelian logic. Not everybody can be the best. That's a fact. Not everybody can have the most. That's a fact. I'm going to let that sit there for just a moment, right next to Jesus saying, don't worry about your life. We can't all have the most. That doesn't work. But everybody can have enough. Lee Hall Moses puts it this way, more ask... What else can I get? What else can I have? Enough, ask, do I really need more? This past week I learned a few things that blew me away. Um, Here's a couple of them. One in two children in the United States of America, 72% globally, will be food insecure at some point in their life. Half of the children of this country. 21% of all children are food insecure right now in the state of Mississippi. If you can, let go of all your defenses for a moment because if it's 44%, the point is still the same. Half of all the children in this country will at some point not know if they have food to eat tomorrow and one in five in Mississippi don't know that today. Feed America, which is the, the U.S. network of food pantries, like the food bank here in town, says that in Franklin County in 2015, which was the most recent statistic available, that 17% of our sisters and brothers were food insecure. That's 212,000 people. And why is that? Hmm. Well, since 1980, which is about when Childhood obesity rates started to skyrocket. The price of fruits and vegetables has gone up 40%. And the price of processed food has gone down 40%. Which means that, you already know this, it's so much cheaper to buy a bag of potato chips than it is to buy a bag of apples. Healthy eating is not cheap. And there's a reason for that, because... Since the Great Depression, ag subsidies are part of the federal budget. No one talks about that. Originally, they went to family farms. They were necessary to keep them afloat, and that's all there was, family farms. But now, they primarily go 92% to agribusiness, large corporate conglomerates. So, taxpayer money primarily supports corporately owned Mass production crops, which are corn and soybeans and wheat, which are the key ingredients of processed foods. And virtually no subsidies for growing fresh fruits and fresh vegetables, which, duh, is why processed foods are so cheap and vegetables are so expensive. And it is why obesity... And food insecurity is on a rise in this country. Now, I I could do that all day, and some of you would be offended, and some of you just tune it out. But here's the point. That's why advocacy ministries matter on behalf of the hungry, why they're such an important part of Lord of Life Church and of our mission team. It's why our involvement in things like bread really matters. Because, yes, we feed the hungry, and frankly, we do it really well, Lord of Life Church. We do it regularly. We do it without regard to who can pay and why they can't. And we do it with love, and we do it with good nutrition. And I'm very proud of what we do here. Buddy bags, First English, Faith Mission, all that stuff. I'm so excited about um, our 50th anniversary. We've decided we're not going to have some big fancy banquet. I love this part. Instead, we're going to serve up what we're calling Mission Tapas, uh, little small plates. And the food that we're going to serve is the food that we serve all over the city when we serve hungry people in a kind of a cocktail party kind of atmosphere. It's all all connected. Go back with me to... Share, save, spend 101080 for just a minute because it is really all connected. There is amazing freedom in trusting Jesus that you don't have to worry about tomorrow, um, that you don't have to worry about what you eat, about what you wear. There's amazing freedom in trusting Jesus that there will be more than enough, and not just for you, but for everyone, and that God loves not just you, but everyone without money and without price. That's a big part of why church actually matters, um, why the church even exists, because it, it is hard to swim against that stream all by yourself. And community helps. Friends help, uh, because we all need reminders. We need the word. We need the good news, because there's a connection between knowing that you're loved and loving everyone else. There's a connection between having more than enough and everyone else having enough. There's a connection between everyone being welcomed at the table and everyone being fed. There's a connection. So i close this out with the words of Jesus one more time. Even the Gentiles strive for all of these things. Indeed, your Heavenly Father knows you need them, But, but strive for the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And don't worry. Just don't worry about tomorrow. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Because that's true, there is more than enough for everyone. Amen.